0: Amen. We can praise Him. We can praise Him. Amen. The dead don't praise Him. And if we don't praise Him, the rocks are going to praise Him. So we might as well praise Him this evening. Thank Him for a wonderful week. Thankful for health and thankful that God is present to meet our needs. Thankful for one another here. Thankful for every brother and sister that is present. Brother Ernie, nice to have you all. Amen. We miss you when you're not sitting there. God bless you. Nice to have you all here this Wednesday night. And uh, I was going to give Brother John a break on the Wednesday evenings. He, you know, Brother John, he could preach more than just a Wednesday evening. <laughs> but you know, it just—it uh, just had something on my heart. And I need to change up. Like I said, I've been on one, two, three, four parts. So I thought I'd just take a little uh, springboard, take a little uh, home cooking tonight, and uh, trust you'll be—you'll be blessed by the Word of God. Amen. Amen. So we want to want to remember Sister Lisa St. John. She'd ask for us to be in prayer for her. She was desiring a deliverance from her affliction and healing. And we need to remember those that are in the body that aren't here. And um, we're just going to pray before we go to the Word. And we'd like to remember Sister Lisa St. John. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. How we love the family of God. Lord, each one brings a special... Odor of fragrance of the holiness of God. Each one, Lord, their own bouquet. Each one, Lord, that we can drink from their lives. And we're just praying that you will bless each one tonight, Lord, as we look into your word. But especially our dear sister, Lisa St. John, Lord. She's been afflicted these months. It seems like it's going on a year or so, Lord. But I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. That there will be a people that could intercede for our sister. Lord, that we could hold her up in prayer and ask that you will come into her room. and Whatever that heart condition is, Lord, abate it. Take it away from her. And may, Lord Jesus, you be her healer. Give her a heart transformation, Lord. God, give her strength. Give her healing. Give her a peace. Knowing that you're a very present help in time of trouble. So, Father, we ask now you take the Word, bless your people, as we look to you, the Lamb of God, and pray that you'll inspire a speaker and each one that will hear us, even through the Internet, Lord, wherever they would be. We pray that you'll bless your children around the Word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Without any further delay, let's take our Bibles. I'd like to preach on a little subject tonight, if I don't get tongue-twisted on it. Further forward. Further, forward. I could have preached forward, forward. But Paul or the Greek, uh, the way they take it in the scripture, it comes out further forward. We're not, we're, not, we're not stopping where we're at. We're on an exodus. Everybody understand that? We're on an exodus. Every young person, you look this way. We're on an exodus. And I'm not leaving one hoof behind. We preached on that, right? We're not leaving one hoof. Moses said, not one hoof. We're not leaving our children, Brother West. We're leaving nobody behind. Amen. So we want to go further forward in the faith. Amen. Not getting bogged down with our own personal problems. We want to you forget your problems because he's the problem solver. He's the problem solver. So we're looking to him tonight to speak to us from where Hebrews chapter 6, please. Hebrews chapter 6. Very familiar scripture. Verse 1. That's where we get our text from. Hebrews. The more you read about Paul and how he pens the word of God, it's amazing. It's just, I'm just amazed every time, of course, you read, you pick, pick up the scripture and something comes alive and pops out. And you say, I've read that. I'm sure. And you don't want to exaggerate, hundreds of times. But... All of a sudden, at the right season, something becomes personal for us, and I I trust it'll be a blessing for you. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Amen. You may have your seats. May God add his blessing to his word. We're gonna see whether we can do what we promised to do. Be short. I understand that there are many of you, brothers, at work, very early in the morning, and we do understand that as ministry, and so we have yet that Lord willing. If the Lord's not willing, we're going a little longer. <laughs> So, God bless you. Nice to see you, brother Derek. I said to Michael the other day, I don't, I've missed Derek for so long. And I, you must be just working your brains out. <laughs> God bless you and your family. And we appreciate you and we pray and think of you often. Amen. I know you're carrying a great burden out there. So, God bless you. So, as I was saying, I, I, I thought I could title a message, Let's Go Forward and Meet the Challenge. But that's, it almost sounds, You know, institutional. It it sounds so perfect. (laughs) But I'd I'd like to title it Further Forward. Making it tough on me to pronounce it. You tried a few times. Further Forward. Paul is writing here in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1. He says, therefore, leaving... So now he's he's instructing us. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines. So we we look at that, and so we looked at the word leaving. Where are we going? You're leaving something to go somewhere. And he, and so Paul and the Greek and the way that it was formed says therefore we are leaving or we're going in the Greek further forward, and and they say as in the scripture that it's like a foundation that you have had, whether you're building a house, you, you lay a lot of foundation. Foundations are very, very important. I remember when we lived in Cloverdale and we built our home in, uh, down the street here, and the fellow next to us, we were the first one in, and uh, our neighbors, you know, they were building beside us, and, and uh, I am a little bit, you know, forgive the expression, a little bit scotch. not two scotch, just a little scotch. And, uh, you know, if I can get a good deal, I like a good deal, Brother Ernie. I don't think that's uh, a sin. Uh, I think that, you know, <laughs> we, we all do that. I know the ladies shop. I know they don't just buy at the first store. But uh, anyways, uh, you know, a foundation is very important. So that's one area you want to just lay it down straight and don't shortfall yourself. So the fellow next to me, he got a uh, new company was starting up, and man, he got a, a deal. And I, I hate it when somebody gets a better deal than I got. So I said, no, I'm going to lay this foundation no matter what. I'm going to pour the concrete, and I'm going to pay what I have to pay because that's important. Right. Right. So sure enough, when my form's gone on, I don't, I, I don't know whether you've ever built a home or seen those new homes built. I, you know, when that, uh, all that um, foundation board comes off, And I see that nice concrete. I go, oh, that's nice. I'm not even a builder and I like it. And I go, that looks sweet. I can build on this. So the cheap guy next to me, my my neighbor for 10 years or so, he went the cheap route and he got the cheap price. And because he cheaped it out on the foundation, and when they pulled the boards, there was holes all through the foundation. You know what they had to do? They had to tear it up. And relay a foundation. Sometimes you feel like that when you come to church. The brothers are tearing us down. No, we're not. We're building you up. It just feels that way sometimes when the word comes and it comes down to our address. But we are here to build you up in the faith. Uh, you might you know, go to another church and they might do whatever they do. That's not our vision Our vision is to see this bride go forward. So we want to go further forward. I don't want to stagnate and stay in a place. I want to go on in Christ. And so Paul is laying down here. He says, now lay that foundation. But, you know, I did not look at that foundation for long. I wanted to build a house. And that's what Paul is stating here. Let us go on leaving. Go further forward because you've laid it down. And I believe most of us have come to an experience in Christ. You must further forward. Not leaving it like we don't stand for it. Of course, we have to have those principles. They have to be laid. But we must go on in the word. Brother Bram said, if you're not going forward, you're going backward. Did we get that? If we're not going forward in Christ, in our experience, if we're not putting on the glory of God and and absorbing the word of God, we are going backwards. Ah, further forward, saints. Can you imagine, Brother Bram saying this, in the greatest news flash in history? All men cannot receive this. This is hid to the eyes of the world and foolish to them. But those who are born and elected to eternal life believe it further forward. We see the hour... We're living in. Brother Bram said, let's go forward. Let's go forward. Don't get stuck on your foundation. If you've got the foundation and God has started a work in your life, why would you want to stagnate and stay in where you're at instead of now being provoked in God and go on in the Word? So can we sing... Onward, Christian soldiers. It's onward, forward. Ah, oh, you see, Brother Tom, that is so simple. Then why are you staying in that state you're in? Forward. Let's go. Let's eat the book. Let's go in the Word. We're just going to take it nice and slow and simple. I woke up this morning, and I had a frog in my throat. I said, you rotten devil. Then last night I got with this nerve in my side and back, and I could barely lift myself out of my seat. I said, "You rotten devil!" And you know, we got to further. And I I have a a blessed wife, and I was this close to phoning. Brother John said, "No, I can't do it," but I had to go further forward. I said, "I got to practice what I preach. We got to practice what we preach." I told the brothers, when I stand behind that pulpit, by his stripes I am healed. Praise the Lord. The Lord said unto Moses, go unto Pharaoh, tell him, thus saith the Lord, God of the Hebrews, let my people go. Where are they going? they got to come out to go into. They have to further forward. They have to go forward watching the prophet... And what he's delivering to the people. If they didn't listen to the prophet, I'm sorry folks, there's no token. There's no exodus. So you have to listen to the instruction further forward. We look at one another and we have this ought and this ought and this ought. You ought not have oughts. Oh, Brother Tom, this is just home cooking, and we, you know, yeah, well, then get rid of your ought. Right. Amen. Amen. So the Bible is built as from the foundation on as word on word on word on word. word on word on word on word. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Here little, there little. That is what your building is built on. It's called the Word of God. It's the Word of God. It's a, it's a daily... Tell me, saints, do you eat every day? Yes. Outside of maybe stepping aside and missing a meal and having a feast with the Lord. So you eat every day. You eat every day. Why? Because this body needs it. So there is this, a time when we have to have spiritual food every day. Because our spiritual body needs it. And if, and if you go and you starve it out, you're going to get weak. So there has to be a daily diet of the Word. Not what you think. Oh, well, I know Scripture and I can think of Scripture. That's not having a time with God. You have to build on the building. You got to lay down some you know, some foundation, sure. But then you start to add on the flooring. You build the walls up. You put the roof on. and when, And you don't leave the studs up say, well, i got a nice studded house. Well, I do too, but it's behind walls. And behind those walls are wires. And behind those wires are, and in those walls are plumbing. So everything is, is there so I, I can live in it. And that's what God's doing in His Word because we're going to a city whose builder and maker is God and we're building this body up in Christ so that we can have a habitation that is never going to move or shake. Israel was told by Joseph when they had now settled in Goshen that when you fulfill the word, when the word is fulfilled that was told to our father Abraham, when that time comes, take my body with you. He wasn't willing to settle even and to be buried in Egypt. Egypt. He wanted to be buried in the promised land. So even as his bones were laying in a coffin, he didn't want to stay there. He wanted to move because the word was going to be fulfilled. So even in that state, Joseph wanted to move forward. I I trust you're getting the gist of the subject. Joseph said to his brethren, I die and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land, which we swear to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you. And you shall carry my bones from hence. So Joseph died being a hundred and ten years old and they emboldened him and put his coffin there in Egypt Until the time of leaving. So if we start looking at the first exodus, then there's a type and shadow of our exodus. So there's nothing in Egypt we want to stay here for. There's nothing here. It's an abomination. As you you see the unfolding of Hollywood. When Brother Brown was hitting Hollywood... You were thinking of the television programs, and I love Lucy, but now Hollywood is infiltrated all the way into the White House, and the whole political system is Hollywood, and it's a demon, and it's running a country, and you know it can't go anywhere, it's just going to go downhill, because it's Ichabod over the country, because they rejected the word, so we won't, don't want to do that. We want to embrace Christ. We want that word to come alive. And Moses took the bones. And, and it's very clear. The scripture is very clear on that. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. So not only did he ask them to do it. And, and Moses had no idea until his conversion. That the scriptures had to be fulfilled. So he's taking a part of the word and fulfilling the word and doing what the word had already spoken. So now, if God has spoken some prophecies over us, and I I would like to get into that before we close tonight. If there's prophecy spoken over us, there is nothing going to stop that prophecy. If God could just watch over some bones, don't you think he can't watch over you? You think, well, Brother Tom, I mean, you know, my situation or my home life or my lifestyle. And, and you know, does God see it? If he watches over bones. What is he going to do with every one of you that are here tonight? Bones. These bars are Bones are going to burst what? Wide open. Why? That's a promise. It will take place. I think Brother Graham said of Joseph that when he died, what a memorial he left. What a memorial he left. He says, I think sometimes of when he made mention, he said, now don't bury me here. Don't leave my bones here. Surely God's going to visit you someday and He's going to take, they're going to take my bones before you. God's going to visit us one morning. And as we were fellowshipping the other night, we're just waiting for that little tap on the shoulder. But we're believing for a body change. Don't get settled down. Start unpacking. We're getting ready to go. He says, where did they get that thought? It was because God promised Abraham, his father, that they would sojourn for 400 years in a strange land. And he would bring them out. And Joseph knew God always keeps his word. Can you say that? God always keeps his word. God always keeps his word. So, God is not a man that he should lie. Is this true? Is that Bible? That's Bible. The Bible says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the Son of Man that he shall repent. He said it, he shall do it. Numbers 23, 19. He said it, he shall do it. He keeps his word. The ram said, never build in the same place. You can't stand still. You're either backsliding or going forward. So, so without emotion, without just, I just let the Holy Spirit now punctuate these points because this is just all laying in the message. And God will keep His word. Don't stand still. Never build in the same place. You can't stand still. You're either backsliding or going forward. This is a great challenge that we're in. Because everything that is geared in this age is to allure you away from the very thought and promise of God. We can travel, and most of us do travel, and there's nothing wrong with traveling. Uh, there's holidays, and there's nothing wrong with holidays. Everybody needs a break. But if you see what the world's geared up with, they are lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. That's the age, and that is true. And so God builds on His Word. And when He said that this is a dark age, it is a dark age. And the more it goes on, it's going to get darker and darker. But arise, shine, your light has come. This is a glorious light. Gross darkness, the land, and gross darkness, the people. We have something in us, as I was saying the other day, We can't even explain. Brother Bram said there's something in you that's forcing you to go forward. People like to settle down and put their feet up and look at their barns and say they're full. That's, That's not good. That's not a good type to be in. I'm looking for a city where we'll never die. Further forward. The challenge is you're going to have a lot of people try and tell you you can't obtain to what you're believing. You can't attain to it. You can't obtain to it. We'll just wait for the rapture. Just wait for the change, and then you'll have dominion. Really? Those spirits try to come and move around. And Brother Abraham said one place, why would we want to wait for that then? We want it now. <laughs> when that happens, saints, I'm going home. I'm going to be with my bridegroom. I'm going to a wedding supper. I don't have to worry about what's going to happen now and here and What's going to take place? We have to realize that our focus is not on surviving here. You know, people have these shirts saying, I survived. We're not just survivors. We're overcomers. You know, we're not going to get a shirt when we get over there. I survived Laodicea. I conquered Laodicea. I put my foot on the neck of that devil and I took God at His word because God keeps His word. Amen. And I don't have a hope so keserah, keserah, approach. You take God at His word and you go forward in that promise. Amen. You know, I, I, I admire Ruth. I was reading Ruth today. When she caught the revelation of Naomi and her God and that she would flee the gods of uh, the Moabites, there was never a hankering to go back. Maybe for Orpah, but not for Ruth. Even when Ruth was trying to really get a three times. Did I do that three times? Three times. Three times. She is entreated by Naomi to go back. And there was nothing that was going to stop her. She said, no, I'm going forward. I'm going further forward. So Naomi said unto her two daughters, return. So she's under pressure. I respect my mother-in-law. Return. Go back. Though she respected her, she respected the God of her. And there was nothing going to push her back because then she comes out with a saying, Where you lodge, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. Thy God, my God. Where you die, I will die. Where you're buried, the Lord do so to me. And more also, there was something in her that just couldn't stay or go back. There was just something in her that was driving. And I so appreciate having fellowship the other night and the brothers having prayer meetings and wanting God to move within this assembly. Brother Bram said in one place, he said, You know, the success of my ministry are these men over here because they're praying that God would use His servants. And I'm thankful for burdened men and women that want to see the church go forward. People so stagnate in their broken cisterns because they got an idea of what they think this message is and they really have no clue what it is. They can eat at this table and eat at that table and eat at this table. And really, saints, you got to feast on the Word of God. And the word of God alone. Now when when this little woman, this woman of scripture calls her a great woman in Kings. And we know all about her. And she has a son that dies. What was her exclamation to her servant that was going to go see the prophet? Go forward. Stop for nothing. Whatever you got to do, we've got to get to the word of our day. Fight anything, don't stop, don't listen to anybody. And let God Himself tell us what He's going to do. It is well. (laughs) A dead child. One that God had given. What did she say? All's well. All's well because she was now going forward... To the challenge that God has laid before her. I'm just laying a little foundation. Then we'll do a spurt and we'll go home. Brother Brian, I'm so often would approach people and he would say, hello, sir. Have we ever seen one another or just in particular? Hello, lady. He says, do you believe all question mark? He said, do you believe God sent his gift to heal you? You do? He said, all right. You need a blood transfusion from Calvary. Your anemia. Go forward and be healed in the name of Jesus. How simple was that? And so, you know, I'm reading this and and Joanne has encouraged me in the faith. Honey, you can do it. Go forward. Further forward. We can take God at his word anytime any place, anywhere. Here is a lady, doesn't even say her name. He says and tells her her problem. Then he says, your anemia, go forward and be healed in the name of Jesus. Then we have this wonderful quote that we use so often. Under their messenger, they're the final voice to the final age. And whether we can hear that voice or not, then if that is the voice of God speaking, can we say, all is well. (laughs) All is well. All is well. He says, now I go forward and meet the challenge. So now Brother Branham is challenging himself. He says, I'm going forward to meet the challenge. He says, not for a show, but for the glory of God. That men and women, boys and girls who are sitting here in this little group tonight might know that and believe that truly, Lord, you have raised up your son, Jesus, from the dead. He lives amongst us tonight, a living, resurrected Lord Jesus, confirming the scripture that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and for... He's here amongst us. We can't go back. I preached that probably six, seven, eight months ago. Brother Bram takes it. He says, now, he says, Christians. A Christian don't try to be what he used to be. He's not looking where he's been. He's looking where he's going. So we're not looking back necessarily... At the foundation, because we know that the foundation that has been laid is a good foundation. But we have to build on that foundation by the word of God. And so Brother Graham says, not looking where you've been, but looking where you're going. Don't pay any attention, then, what you've done lived. You know, Satan, I don't know about you, but he comes on on, to my shoulder. And some thought comes, or some song, as we were talking about the other night, and brings you back to a place. And you start, over, oh, that old guy. Now I keep on telling him, he's dead, he's dead, he's dead, he's dead. So he says, you don't even look back to what you've done, lived out. You'll never return to it. That's right. You'll never go back to that. Ruth could never go back to that. We're under prophecy. We cannot go back. We can only go forward. We can't go down to a, a little church and sitting down and, and, and us four and no more. We have to be energized by the Holy Spirit and be burdened and have a vision. For without a vision, the people perish. So he says, you'll never return to that. Praise the Lord, Richard. We can never return to that nonsense. That's in the past. Don't look back to what you was. Look to where you're going and what you're going to be. Forgetting those things in the past. Reach for the prize before you. And it's onward, Christian soldier. It, it's, it's pretty basic. It's pretty wonderful. But if we could grasp these things, Truths. It will lift you above your problems. Can you turn with me to Revelation chapter 5? Deeper, deeper in the love of Jesus. Revelation chapter 5. Verse 6. Revelation 5, verse 6. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth in all all the earth. And he came and took the book of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book the four beasts, four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps, golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred tongue and people and nation. I want you to take a, a, a special note here, because the Bible says there, that he was the Lamb slain, having seven horns, next verse, and he took the book of the right hand of him that sat on the throne, next verse, and he'd taken the book, and the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down. So we're reading about the four beasts. So Brother to make reference to that. He says those four beasts had four faces. So we believe in Revelation chapter 5, that there was one that was worthy to take the book. And loose the seals thereof. We say it all the time. That God in this generation was going to now open the book. He's going to open the word. And he's going to hand it to the people. He didn't need the book. You need the book. God didn't need the book. But he he knew fallen man needed the book, brother Ernie. So Revelation chapter 5. There had to be one worthy to take the book. Of him that sat on the throne. And he heard a voice. A lion of the tribe of Judah shall prevail. And when he looked for the lion, he saw a bloody lamb. And so then John goes on to say that there were these four beasts that were before the throne of God. This twenty and four elders. They were four and twenty elders. They were there also. But I thought, well, why are the beasts there? When we're talking about the lamb taking the book. So then we understand through the opening of the seals that each face showed a power. And we understand then that there is a there is is a lion age, and we understand there's an ox age and there's a man age and there's an eagle age. But we don't stay in the man age, and we don't stay in the ox age, and we don't stay in the lion age. We're in the eagle age. We're under an anointing. We can't go back, we gotta go forward. So then you start to think, well, why are they there, Derek? Why are they sitting there? Why are those powers there? Why are there four faces? (laughs) You know, I love the word. Brother Bram said those four beasts had four faces. One had a face like a man. The other a face like an ox. The other a face like an eagle. The other had a face like a lion. And they never went backwards. Now we're going on now. They never went backwards. He says they couldn't go backwards, and they cannot go backwards because every way they went, they were going forward. <laughs> so everywhere those anointings came, Luther had to move forward. He was under an anointing. Somebody, if you said, uh, uh, you know, in Luther's day, hey, Brother John, we follow Luther, Right? Ruth, we follow Luther. If we're in Luther's day, we follow Luther. say, I believe in Luther's preaching. What happened to her? There's a consequence of believing under that anointing. There's a consequence that comes when believing. You say, I believe the full message. There's a consequence. Then there comes a responsibility. See, I believe the message, Brother Tom. I can quote it real well, but can you live it? Can we live it? We can't even live it in ourselves. We need the anointing. That's why we need to pray, stay in the Spirit. Brother Paul said, if you you sing, sing in the Spirit. If you pray, pray in the Spirit. But do we stay long enough to be in the Spirit? Are we just a bunch of dead logs? But as I said in the last few weeks, even a dead log in the presence of God starts to come forth life. So Satan says, you're nothing but a dead log. You tell him, hey, I'm in the presence of God. I'm going to bring forth life. Because I'm not going to look backwards into what I was. I'm looking forward to what I'm going to be. We've got too many people trying to remind you of what your sins are. There are all, then those type of people are, are, are looking backwards. Because I've got the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses me from what all my sin, every day, all day, not just 23 hours of the 24 hours, and and you've got some you know written up sins that are going to be waiting for you. No, I'm under the blood. You're under the blood. We are under the bleeding, bloody word. We have to go forward. They can't go backwards. Brother Bran goes on to say, he says, they, they are going forward all the time. If they went this way, they were like a lion. If they went that way, they were like an eagle. If they went this way, they were like an ox. It didn't matter which way they were going. They were always going forward. Saints of God, we've been challenged over these last weeks and months, if not years now. And we understand that the bride and the bridegroom are becoming one. And we believe that the head and the body being joined by the Son of Man, a Son of Man, being present. Connecting, Brother Bram said, in proving his word, the head and the body and becoming one. And we have attitudes. What kind of attitudes should we have? What kind of life should we have? If we're becoming one with Christ, we've got to be Christ-like nature. When Israel was leaving Egypt, we preached on over the last three weeks, David being a fugitive and being a type of Christ, and Christ was outside the door knocking. Brother Graham turns around and says that here comes Israel, and they're fleeing Egypt. And so I thought, I think I'll, I'll look up, you know, an exodus and, and what the meaning of fleeing is and what's its root going to be. And you find out that there was over two million fugitives. Fugitive means one that's fleeing, escaping captivity, escaping the whip and escaping the taskmaster. They didn't want to go back. Because the taskmaster, Satan himself, was beating them down. But now they had the promise of going to a land of milk and honey. What a land. One moment in that, in that dimension. You will never care to be back in this dimension. Why did you call me back, Bill? How long had you been over there? Just moments. So once you get there, saints, this life grows strangely dim and foreign. What an hour and a responsibility we have as a church. Individually and collectively. What a responsibility we have. We need, I need, Brother Graham said in Why Christ Speak, he says, I need my own revival. That's a, that's a tremendous statement. When he would already told America there would be no more revivals. Amen. But he's talking about their Pentecostal idea of what a revival was. Because once God starts to do a revival in your heart, saints of God, there is a yearning never to go back to what you were. Once the trash is burned out of your life, you never want that trash back. Right. That's right. Brother Bram said that, he says, here we are at this time. What kind of time is he talking about? And I, I loved it. I was, I was listening to a tape this afternoon. He said, he said, church, don't you realize that we could be changed before this service is over? And that was 1964, 63. And here we are in 2018. Can I say it's high time to awaken? We're closer now than we've ever been. And we all understand those scriptures. He says, what day are we living in? What is this time going to bring us? He says, we've lived time out, Ernie. At the time, at this time, we're at the time of the rapture. We know we've lived this time out. We're at the time of the rapture. It's at hand. We're looking for a rapturing faith that will pull the church together and give it a supernatural strength that can change these bodies that we live in. We see a God that raises the dead off the floor and bring Him back to life and again present Him before us. We see a God who can take cancer, that eats a a man to a shadow, raise him to a strong, healthy man. That ought to have given the people rapturing faith. That when that light flashes from the sky, that trumpet sounds... The body of Christ will quickly be gathered together, changed in the moment, taken into heaven. There's got to be something like that happen. And our schools of theology will never produce it. Yet they intellectually think they're right. Many people have taken this message intellectually. And as time goes on, they fall away, they go away, they're gone. But those who have been born again by the incorruptible seed of God, they remain. And not only remain, they go forward. They are of a different spirit. They are under the anointing of the prophet and the promise of God that had come through that prophet. Moses was leading them to a promised land. There was a lot of unbelievers around that group. Actually, there was 1,999,998. Jesus said that they all died in the wilderness. But Joshua and Caleb, they were ones that couldn't stay back. They saw the promise and they wanted to go further forward. Unto a living God. Now, they were going to a land that had a bunch of grapes. Brother Bram said, so big it took two men to pack them. Well, they took a bunch of grapes. Anybody taken a a jug of milk and put a bunch of jugs together, put it on a stick and try and carry that over? I, I can't imagine how big those grapes were. I don't know. But they were so big, Brother Bram said, two men. It took two men to pack them over. Right. So you believe that or you don't believe it. Amen. I believe it. So it was a bunch of grapes that they took and two men had to pack those grapes. Two went into the land and, and they give every one of them on the bank a taste of those grapes. Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm going to take a look at a few grapes tonight. and I want to, you to help me squeeze it. Squeeze the juice that we can make some wine of revelation. Okay. So somebody went into that land, and those were big grapes. And they wanted everybody to taste them. They went back rejoicing because they taste the grapes. But instead of that, they went back to their tribes, and they saw big walled cities. They saw the Philistines, the Hittites, the Perizzites, and all different ites. Why I said they're giants? We look like grasshoppers. We can't take the land. Why did you ever bring us out here, anyways? Those are the make believers and unbelievers. We are believers. We are of a different spirit. Do you understand that, saints? We cannot go back. We're prisoners to our revelation. Okay. So now they, Brother Bram said, here they are, borderline believers. They come to the real thing. They saw the promise. And they felt they wasn't able to go over and take it. My, my. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, saints. Who is Joshua and Caleb really here? And we have to say within ourselves, I'm one of them. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I'm one of them. So they went back rejoicing, but they, they had all this unbelief that were coming to them. Now we, let's quickly fast forward that. And a hand comes down and says, as I was with Moses, I shall be with you, Joshua. And Brother Branham has and comes into that great commission. And then God takes them past that curtain of time into the land where we're going. He went across that land. You understand what I'm saying? Joshua and Caleb went into a land and said, it's sweet. It's filled with milk and honey. Brother Branham comes back from that land and he said, oh, that's perfect love. That's perfect love. Everything that you ever loved and everything that loved you is there. Let's squeeze some grapes here. Let's just squeeze some grapes. I want you to get some juice on your chin. I want you to get so thirsty. That's what you want to do. That there's a promise laying there. There's a land of milk and honey. And there was unbelievers that couldn't receive what Joshua and Caleb were. But I'm not of that group. Then if God sent a Joshua into another land in this hour... I want that land. Amen. Do you understand that, church? That's the land we're looking for. Get it in your minds. I don't want two one two two one Morrison Crescent. I want a new home. I want a new body. Can we squeeze a few grapes together, Ernie? Can we do that? Can we squeeze it? So they were telling him, hey, hey, Brother over there, I'm telling you what, we can take those giants down. We can take those walled cities. Our God is with us. Can you imagine the unbelief that was around them? Can you imagine how quiet the church was when Joshua and Caleb were preaching? Don't get into bondage now. Don't get quiet on me. Remember, they were quiet. We aren't quiet. I trapped you, didn't I? So then here we are. We're seeing that there's somebody that went over and says, Hey, Josh, we can do this. That's our promise under a prophet. And I'm not going to stop until I go forward into the body change. Not just some nice little message, put it up in a box and just go home and that's it. Say, I want you to be challenged. That you take the word of God and why you've been called in this hour for. For time's over. Time's over. So now, we, Brother Ramsey, that's, that's perfect love. What is perfect love? It's the Holy Ghost. When you've got the Holy Ghost, you have perfect love. When you've got God himself, he is the fountain of love. So now he goes over there. It's all God. Just like Jonah was in the... You say, well, God was in the boat. God was in the storm. God was in, in, in the fish. God's everywhere. But in that land, he's everything. Right. So now he goes over to that land. And he comes back over the land. And he starts to give you some grapes. i seen those beautiful women standing there, grabbing me, screaming, my precious brother. Is that where you're going, John?" That's where I'm going. I don't know about you, but I'll take that grape. Amen. Over there, he said, they're beautiful. Over there, sisters, he called you beautiful. Amen. Oh, I'm just too shy. I can't receive it. Receive it. He said, there they were grabbing me. My precious brother. My precious brother. Then I seen those men. Brother Ken, we get shaggy hair again. <laughs> He said, I saw those men standing there with their shaggy hair around their neck, running, grabbing me, saying, My darling brother! What a grape! What a grape. Beautiful sisters, darling brothers. Boy, that's the language I never I never quite called you darling yet, Ernie. <laughs> that would be dangerous. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you for agreeing. But over in that land, a prophet took that grape and said, you sisters are all beautiful, and you brothers are darlings. That's a different language than you know. Joe, can you imagine? You're a darling. Now, Eileen can say that to you, but, you know, when I'm talking to you, I don't know about that, right? But in that land, you're a darling, Joe. He said, there, there are beautiful women standing there grabbing me. Then those men came with their shaggy hair. They came running, grabbing me, saying, our darling brother. Eat that grape, Daniel. Because that's where I'm going. And I thought, what does this mean? (laughs) What does this mean? I said, my people, they couldn't be all Branham's. There's millions of them. He said, they're your converts. That's why he said in the rising of the sun, I saw you there. He said, my converts, your converts. Then he goes, hallelujah. Oh, maybe I was in the back row running, my darling mother. (laughs) But he saw me there. That's my grape. I'm going forward to that place. I'm not going to stagnate and sit here and talk about the principles because I've got the foundation, the house is being built, and I'm going to a new body. He's, and then he goes on to say, here's another grape for you, sisters. Have you been eating? I, see, that's the kind of grapes you need to start eating because you start eating this kind of grapes, you won't complain about your condition, your situation, and your problems. Because when God is telling me that I'm a darling and he's telling you, sisters, that you're beautiful, I don't know about you, but I think I can get drunk on this wine. Then he comes around again and he says, people, he said, those are the most beautiful women I've ever seen. And then it said, well, she was past 90 years old when you led her to God. No wonder she's crying, my darling brother. Said she'll never be old no more. She passed from that. She's in the splendor of her youth. She's standing there. She can't drink a cold drink of water. She don't need it. She can't lay down and sleep. She never gets tired. There's no tomorrow and there's no yesterday. There's nothing. We're in eternity. Eat the grape. Get in the land. Get in His presence. Get your eyes off your problems. Go forward, further forward in the promise of God. Amen. Brother Brahm said, There's the other group wanting to go back. And there's two saying, Let's go in. Amen. So all you have to do is decide which group you're in tonight. And then if you're in the small group, you say, Praise the Lord. You put up your hand and say, Praise the Lord. The prophet called me. Beautiful am I, darling? Oh, if that's not enough, I'm going to give you another grape. i just gave you another grape. He said, the voice spoke to me. And I said, these are not randoms. He said, no, nope, they're your converts. When you led to the Lord. He said, but they're all so young and they're so beautiful. I'm so young. I looked in the mirror this morning. I go, oh, ho, 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 ho. Ho, ho, ho. age is not beautiful. You know, that's why if I look in the mirror this way, I look so great. But once you put the glasses on, man, there's a lot of wrinkles there. Now, somebody says the golden years are when you get old. I said, they're not golden years, they're 10 years. The youth is the golden years. Spend it wisely. That's why Socrates said, what did he say? He said something to the fact that, you know, youth is a wonderful thing. Why do we waste it on the youth?" He said, here they came screaming, my precious brother, my precious brother. Here now comes the retort. Here they come saying. So now Brother Brown called them darling and beautiful. And he says, and they're saying, oh, my precious brother. Then they cried out, if you hadn't gone, we wouldn't be here. So prophet hadn't gone forward, if he would have stagnated and stayed in the systems, We would not be here today. But because a prophet went forward, we're under that anointing. We must go forward. Oh, you say, I got that the first line when he came to the service. No, I can see we're not going forward. I can see we're just, all of a sudden, we're building. And like like the songwriter said, some folks are building homes down here. And that's the way I always used to sing it. Then I found out the real lyrics. Some folks are building hopes down here. Of course, you're building homes. <laughs> You've got to get the right interpretation of the song, or you'll live under condemnation. <laughs> my precious brother, my precious brother, my, my darling brothers. They cry out, oh, Brother Branham, if you hadn't gone forth with the gospel, we wouldn't be here. So now he's telling the story, telling, telling, getting the grapes to the people. One is in Jeffersonville. One's beyond the curtain of time in adoption. And here he is preaching. And here he comes again. He said, I saw those beautiful women standing there all grabbing me, screaming, shaggy hair down their neck. He said, there's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. There must be a glory that is in that land that I want to enter into. And that's called the glory of God. And in the glory of God, you're all beautiful. We can never go backwards. We can only go forward. And going forward is the way that you preserve life. I'm going to give you a couple examples of Brother Branham going forward. He said, Father, now come near and may your spirit hang over us in mercy for the sick and the needy. For I've tried to preach what the truth is in the conviction of my heart. I pray now that you'll send your angel to vindicate that truth. Grant it, Lord. I pray it in Jesus' name. Lord, as I go forward to challenge the enemies of human life, So now he was showing us now what we're fighting. It's called the enemies of human life. So we have to get our eyes off this realm and get our eyes into that realm. Because in this realm, everything you're fighting on a daily basis is this realm that Brother Branham is talking about. I'm going forward to challenge the enemies of human life. I pray that you'll go before me, help me, and in the name of thy son, Jesus, I ask it. He said, be reverent now. Be reverent. It's in your mouth. Now make your confession. Stand over here this moment. Pray with me now. If God has given me power to break devils up on this platform, set the neurotics free, make the dope fiends and the dope addicts and the cancers leave, Surely I can speak which is true. You've confessed Jesus as your healer. Believe it with all your heart, with all your strength. And go forward to the charge and channel that darkness that hangs above you. That's the enemies of this life. He says, I stand here tonight, Lord, around Eighteen straight nights being led by the Holy Spirit. Oh, Father of spirits, hear my prayer. Hear my prayer and I'll go with you. Uh, I'll call you as my physical body is weakening and my strength is sapping from me. And there are those here, hundreds of them, who need healing. God, I know you sent Jesus to die and be wounded for our transgression. And by his stripes I'm healed. I believe these people are reaching forward Through the mist yonder on beyond that dark spell over that cloud and beyond the star yonder until their prayers are climbing now around the throne of God. Lord, as your prophet, standing between the living and the dead, anointed by the Holy Spirit, I go forward to challenge any spirit of doubt that would be there. And the child, that the children of God may be healed. What was he challenging them with? The word. So that you and I could go forward. Now here we go. This is about our last quote. Second to last. Satan. So now he's talking to his enemy. Satan. You're hanging around here with question marks with the word of God. You're literally disposed tonight. You're exposed. God has revealed you. Now we understand, then we're in Second Thessalonians, where the man of sin, the man, the wicked one, is being revealed. So now he's looking into these worlds, and he's seeing the enemy in that realm, and he's showing us the glory in this realm. He said, oh, devil, you're exposed. God has revealed you. I told you to come out. And I told you what you are. You're a liar. Now, here's the Son of God coming to His manifestation. He is telling the devil, you're a liar. He said, you're a liar and the father of lies. And as the church, as one member of the church. So then if he's one member... How about collectively the members of the church? So as one member of that church, as born again by the Holy Spirit, being called in this world to be a prophet, these people have confessed Jesus Christ as their healer, interceding now as a priest standing between the living and the dead. I say, in that day, you will say, What day is he talking about? This day. I say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I break your powers. As one member of the body. And now you are a member of the same body. You've got under the same commission, not as a prophet, but as sons and daughters of God. We've got the power, Mrs. One, come, in the name of Jesus. Well, we sing it. We sing it. But now let's believe that we are what we even sing about. I've got the power in the name of Jesus. We've got the power. What a responsibility we have. God, awaken us to our calling in life. And what purpose have you called me for but to manifest the word of God for our hour? Brother Bram said in the third seal, as the musicians come, he said, and that's the reason tonight, he says, the revival." We're supposed to have... He said, we denominational revivals, we haven't had a real stir. No, 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 no. Don't think we've got revival. We haven't. We haven't got... We've got millions and millions and millions of church members, but not a revival. He said, the bride hasn't had a revival yet. See, there's no revival there. No manifestation of God to stir the bride yet. We're looking for it. We're going forward to it. It will take those seven unknown thunders back there to wake her up again He will send it. He's promised it. Now watch. Go forward. It will take those seven unknown thunders back there to wake her up. He will send it. He promised it. Now watch for it. Let's go forward. Eat the book. Become a spiritual people. Brother Brown preached about the stitch and sew parties and how the church just gets together and have little games. He said, we're not here to play games. We are here to minister the Word of God and have a relationship. We're not here just to have a nice little church. We're here to challenge one another in the faith and go forward in the promise of God. Thus, Let us go further. Let's go forward. May God bless you. Let's stand to our feet. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? Not to happen. bless you. Have a wonderful week. Take the time you of your busyness and a portion of that time get alone with God and start eating those revealed mysteries of God. You say, well, Brother Tom, what are these great mysteries that have been unveiled? You read the sealed book and from the times of the seals all the way to 1965 are the mysteries being revealed. And they say, well, do we just take from the seals tonight? He says, absolutely not. A prophet is a prophet. He's pointing us back to the Word of God. You have to have a daily diet. I'm not saying you don't. But saints, as that land of those grapes intoxicate you. The last time I I talked about a person that likes wine, they can't get enough of good wine. Not cheap wine. Good wine. We've got the best wine at the end of this feast than at any time during this great feast. Bow your heads in a word of prayer. Father, just a little admonition this Wednesday night. Sorry that my voice is a little hoarse and croaky, but I pray that the Word of God would have gone forth speaking to different lives and hearts, Lord, amongst the church of the living God. Father, it's not how loud we preach or how quiet we are. It just takes the Holy Spirit to punctuate something in our own lives that we can not look back, but we can further forward our experience in this wonderful revelation. Go with your people. Give them a wonderful week in the presence of God. Let the glory of God reign upon their thirsty souls. And let their lives, Lord, bring forth forth the very presence of Jesus Christ we ask your blessing upon each and every one in Jesus name we pray God bless you shake one another's hand yes it's a miracle 905 you can go home you're challenged and go eat yourself into your new body God bless you